Hey Sam, how you doing? Hey Tim, I'm doing great. Hey, tell me a little bit about what you're drinking today. I'm drinking Covert Coffee. CovertCoffee.com. This is the best coffee in the world. Roasted by Brian Fowler in Tennessee and shipped anywhere in the world. Uh, it's delicious. He sources his beans with care and love, roasts them, and then delivers them to you anywhere you want. Fresh and delicious. So if you want some great coffee, go to covertcoffee.com and let them know that we sent you and maybe there'll be a little discount, but maybe not. Hey everyone, welcome to Tim and Sam, Sam and Tim, a podcast where Tim Gillespie and Sam Lenore invite you into a conversation with them and many of their friends where they explore life, faith, modern culture, and friendship. Hey, Sam, how you doing this morning? Hey, Tim, what's happening? It's good to be back. We've taken, I don't know, it was like a 10-day break, 11-day break? Last time we recorded was uh, two and a half weeks ago. Wow. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. I almost didn't know how to record anymore. (laughs) Our producer's going to hate us. He's like, oh, you did it wrong again. (laughs) Hey, our producer lives next door to me, literally. His bedroom is next door to me, so... And he gets to live here for free, so he can't be too upset. <laughs> he gets to live and eat for free yeah. and go to so, school. Man, I, I, sponsor, I sponsor his, his education. You're, you're paying him a lot. You're paying him a lot to edit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait for the issue of his compensation to one day come up. It will. Um, if you sure. don't know, dear listener, my son, Micah, is our producer right now. Um, <laughs> we enjoy his his skill right for free again not free you're gonna pay for his college you're, education you're right you're right yes i mean I the podcast is probably not gonna pay for his college education. i do think i do think he wants to generate some um you know some some business leads right maybe uh, do other work so if you're interested reach out to me I'll, i'm happy to give you his info yeah the kid the kid's pretty good it's pretty He's, good He's pretty good. Not not evidenced by this podcast. Um, the quality of the content is not his issue. <laughs> he just makes us sound better. Um, hey. Also, I, you know what? We should give a shout out to uh, Teresa Rojas, who uh, is yes. what she's she's like. Would she be our executive producer? Would that be give her that title, or should let's we give her? Let's, let's give her, her the EP. Executive. Yeah, because because she listens to this and she puts down like she does the. Um, like she notes. actually says, yeah, the show notes, she says like at 13 minutes, Sam goes on a rant about double reed instruments or whatever. So, and she's, I, she's great. I really appreciate. I enjoy reading those, those notes. It, it gives us a glimpse, gives me a glimpse into um, how unorganized we are. Right. And how <laughs> an, organ, an organized person tries to organizes how somebody how somebody experiences the podcast on their own which is basically i just assume people are driving going what are they talking about now how how do we get here because it's a lot of stream of consciousness and i want you i want people to know that we have like we have lists of things we're going to talk about yeah i mean it rarely stays but today we have an outline because we're starting a big topic today that i think will be 
this will be multiple, multiple, multiple. Dear listeners, um, settle in yeah. for what will be weeks of enjoyment. Uh, we are we're opening a series. <laughs> we should call it a season. A season. Um, oh, I like that. That um, I hope will be riveting. Um, but I, <laughs> before we move on, Tim, I do want to say that um, we joke a lot about the small size of our listenership. But hey, man, I, I get texts almost every day now from somebody saying, hey, that thing you talked about blessed me or hey, love, love listening. So um, if you're a listener, dear listener, we appreciate you. We really and do. the little pieces of feedback you send us, little texts or messages or emails, uh, they mean the world. Really, they do. It's affirming and it lets us know, lets us know we're not just wasting our time from 5.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. on Tuesday mornings. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. No, it's a... Uh, we're, we're really blessed. If I sound a little distracted, it's because I'm um, checking into my flight tomorrow. I apologize. You are distracted. I can see. I'm looking at you thinking he's not even into this today. No, I how, am. How embarrassing. And you were saying so so many nice things that now I feel Why bad. Why are you checking into your flight in the middle of... We're recording a podcast, Tim. Well, I want to get it. I want to... Where, Where are you headed? Where are you headed? So this weekend is the two-year anniversary of our Chattanooga campus. And so we are um, super excited about that. And I, I decided I would go out there and um, I didn't want to do it just myself. And so I'm bringing my whole family, which is pretty That's awesome. Great. That is great. Ex except Hannah. She's still in school. So. And congratulations to the Chattanooga, Crosswalk Chattanooga campus. Yeah, man. Uh, Amazing what a, group what of people. Awesome. Amazing yeah. group of people. And have continued to grow, I think, through this, through this COVID season as it yeah. were um so no we're really excited about that we think that's really great sam what have you got going on in your life that would distract you i got nothing i've completely focused on our project right now which is uh apparently i'm the only one <laughs> this is i bring all of myself and my attention to um uh, what i'm doing at one time actually hey so let's move on now that i see your attention's back let's move on let's let's do this you 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 are like your compliments Dear listener, no, prepare I, for it. Like you are brilliant at making me feel bad. Just so you know. <laughs> You're brilliant at making me feel bad. And you never say anything bad about me. You just say so many good things about yourself. <laughs> which is which is weirdly <laughs> passive aggressive. <laughs> I don't have to point out your faults. I just point out my qualities. Just emphasize your <laughs> exposes. <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. So Sam, why is this such a why is this why is this a big topic? Why is this a, a topic that a, that gives us a whole season of It's been a decade of our lives, which is like forty percent of your life, Tim. A decade of our lives has been spent um as part of a group of a, a brotherhood it's not a brotherhood anymore. No. No, that's it's a, success. It's a network. You're you <laughs> <laughs> it was it began as a brother like i've got to, let's be honest when we started it was clearly a fraternity it was a brotherhood right and it but that was appropriate yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about why it was appropriate yeah. so for 10 years we've been involved in a movement that has influenced everything we do uh mm -hmm. our ministry our preaching our friendships how we see the world how we see theology christology the church 
um, music, everything. Um, right. And we reference it once in a while here in our podcast. Well, just once in a while, we'll talk about it. And, and one day you and I were talking about this and we said, you know what? Some people probably have no clue what we're talking about or they've heard about it and they just they don't they don't know the details and um you can't just google us you can't just google this thing because if you do <laughs> what you'll what you'll find is all kinds of information that may or may uh, not be accurate a myriad of of opinions let's put it yeah. that way a, corner, yeah. a, a veritable cornucopia of of um op-eds on <laughs> who we are as people on the the thought process that has gone beyond this you'll find a uh, a great deal of a great deal of misinformation yes. and fake fake news Ooh. and some Ooh. and some wackiness just uh, some straight up wackadoodleness yeah i've us. i've got a so can i tell you something right now about about this i've got a folder on my computer labeled fruits and nuts um <laughs> that <laughs> is where i have been filing everything lots of things that have come my way that are just uh, crazy, crazy reactions and, and feedback on what we're talking about for the next few episodes. Uh, fruits and nuts, everybody. So maybe sometime <laughs> during our, 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 maybe in some episode during the series, Tim, I'll open the fruits and nuts folder. Yes. And uh, yes. We'll, read, we'll read some delicious feedback about, <laughs> okay, so here it is. Friends, we're talking The One Project. The One Project, yes. Tim, what is The One Project? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The One Project is a, um, well, it's a movement that, again, started about 10 years ago with a few of us, and we'll be talking to to kind of the founders and the people who were sort of in the room that day. And um, it was what I believe to be a movement of God that, um, that was needed at the time. It came out of a relatively, uh, the beginning of a relatively contentious time within the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, some changes and moves were being made, and, and we felt... Uh, called by the Holy Spirit to respond. And, um, and so it's become, what it has become is a kind of um, a movement within the Seventh-day Adventist Church. We've had, I think, what, 30, 38, 39, maybe mm -hmm. different um, conferences. Japha would know that for sure. <clears throat> and yeah. we have tried to, uh, the basic premise is that we have tried to bring back a Christological emphasis to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Good. That is a that's a beautiful summary, and what I imagine is that the as we talk to everyone, and we will, dear listeners, to everyone who was involved in the inception of this, that that you're gonna hear probably some different perspectives on mm -hmm. what it is, right? So I'm I'm right. actually eager uh, to hear that. Uh, it's gonna be a fun a fun uh, a fun thing. Um, should we talk a little bit about the the yeah where this thing began and why it began yeah but i want to ask you i want to ask you <clears throat> before like a history because hmm. because we'll hear that history a lot and some of the history is a little bit um what's the word i'm looking for it is it is moved into like a mythic status i'm not sure that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right but it has <clears throat> it's gotten kind of interesting why did you why did you even engage in this from the very beginning? Like maybe that's how we can start. Tell me like a personal, let's get, let's get personal. Um, tell me why you 
were involved in a conversation and what the conversation was and why well, you felt that, an impetus to that. But that takes us to the history, I think, a little bit of the history. So I can I can talk about my personal journey leading up to the, okay, the meeting, do that. the Denver do meeting. Do that. Right? Yeah, yeah do okay, that. Okay, so I can do that. So um, for, first, I think it be, for me, this whole thing begins with my... Um, just my desire to, to belong. I just want to be part of whatever is happening. You know, like when you're at the the cafeteria and there's a loud table and you know that they're, they're all laughing. You like I'm the guy who turns and goes. I wonder what's going on there. <laughs> I want to be able, I want to be part of whatever's happening there. Since <laughs> I was a kid, I was that guy. Like I couldn't go to sleep at home if my parents had people over because you know if if they were still talking and it was my bedtime. I didn't want to leave. I wanted to know what's going on here. And I could hear the laughter and the fun happening in the living room. And I knew that the world is, the, the world's moving on without me. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, anyway, since I was Don't a we child, call that fear of missing out? Isn't that FOMO? FOMO. Yeah, FOMO. definitely. Right. So when, when a group of my friends decided they were going to get together uh, and they invited me, I, of course I was going to participate in it. Of course I was going to say yes. So for me, that was part of it. Um, this, but the, the, there's two other things happening in my life that I think are worth uh, mentioning. One, one is that I was increasingly disappointed um, in my church. Mm-hmm. And it had been a, a, just a it had been a ramp up that had gotten steeper and steeper, or I don't know how to, you know, like the, if you were turning the knob on disappointment, um, we were close to a 10. <clears throat> right. Um, there was, there had been a series of events leading up to 2010. Um, we were in the middle of the, this is a decade ago, so I'm gonna talk about things that are so it's, crazy. It's crazy. People are gonna, people are gonna hear this and go, you were what? Yeah, we were not ordaining women in 2010 in this denomination can you believe that dude that crazy? that's crazy it's so i'm so glad that we've moved past oh <laughs> oh we we, we have, were in these have not. crazy battles just crazy <laughs> um and and then the other thing is that um so i, I was working at la sierra university mm-hmm. uh, as chaplain there university chaplain and um we were in the middle of a concerted effort, an attack on the university from forces within the denomination that felt like the university was not clear on issues of origins. Right. Um, that we were not espousing a the literal six-day contiguous uh, days of creation, mm-hmm. um, you know, explanation for the origin of the earth, um, and because of that. There were there were elements within the church that amounted a horrific, a, a very just toxic attack on the university, and it made it made life really really difficult for uh, for us uh, off campus. Not not on campus. On campus we were fine, but off campus it was a difficult go, and the church was part of it. Yeah, it was be- it was it was being aided and abetted by church leadership. And I, I remember one day I found myself looking around thinking um, the, the very witness, our witness is compromised by the way we talk to each other. So mm-hmm. it didn't matter to me. It, it wasn't as what I cared. I didn't care as much about whether we were right or wrong 
on the issues of origins debate. Right. Um, for me, it didn't, and and even the the ordaining without regards to gender issue, I, I I know where I fall on that. But I think the bigger problem was how we were brutalizing each other over over that issue, and I I just I was in a very dark place um, thinking about our church. There was something about the atmosphere in Adventism that was gross. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, the 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 great sort of climax of this disappointment was, can, we're going to say stuff. Can we say stuff? We're going to say, we're going to say stuff. So, okay. Well, it was a, the 2010 general conference session in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I went to that event and I saw experience, heard things that were anti Jesus. Mm. And I didn't have the language for it at that time, mm-hmm. but I knew this does not represent the gospel good news of Jesus. What I'm hearing right now, this, and so I left Atlanta thinking I've got two options. I surrender. I, I, I just say, this is the, this is the way, this is the family I belong to and I've got to just live with it. Or actually there's three options. I leave it. Mm-hmm. I'm done here. I'm done with this and I look for a new tribe or a new place that represents me or Jesus mm-hmm. better than this or um, I do something about it. I do something about influencing my church towards what I believe is the gospel good news of Jesus, the character of Jesus, all of that. I mean, that's that's how I left Atlanta. and And so that's what I brought, I think, three weeks later after the general conference session of Atlanta yeah. in 2010 to Denver hmm. there. That, that's my ramp up. Not you. You're good. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think this does move us a little bit into the, the history of it. Um, you know, in 2010, I think I was, I was a young adult pastor at Loma Linda university church. We were kind of hitting our stride. Um, pretty amazing things were happening. And I, I too felt the same way. I felt like my church was being hijacked, um, Mm. by those who did not have a theology that I espoused by those who were seeking to recidivize the church back to a time that didn't exist. Um, you know, the, the good old days of the Seventh-day Adventist church, which, you know, Mm. I, was was not only anathema to me, but was really like I didn't understand it at all. You got to remember where I grew up. I grew up, you know, in in a West Coast theologian's home, so they were trying to hearken the church back to a time that had never existed for me. Um, that was more works oriented. That was that was um, painfully behavioristically focused, um, and the rhetoric was just just to me was, I, I didn't understand it. Honestly, if you want to know the truth, like I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why anyone would want to go back there. And so I had some, just some deep frustrations and we were doing, you know, amazing things in the local church ministry, but yet we were getting hammered for what we were doing conversations that like we should have been done with 20 years ago and we're still having them. And, um, so I don't, and I don't really know how this happened. There was an email going back and forth because this is before we started text threads, really. Um, there was an email kind of going back and forth between if some of our, uh, some of us friends from seminary that were just kind of voicing frustration. And there seemed to be 
there seemed to be some, some, um, I don't know, we were kind of coalescing some of the same opinions and frustrations. And it seemed like it was an important conversation that a few of us wanted to be involved in, not knowing where it would go. But, um, hmm. and so, and I think this is really important. We decided to meet before the general conference session in Atlanta. This we had actually, true. we had actually said, hey, we should get together and have this conversation for no other reason. And like, I didn't even, just for the record, I had never met JFIT. Oh, interesting. At that point. I don't think I had okay. met him except maybe, maybe I had met him in England, like in passing at one point, or we had had a meal together with a bunch of other guys. In, but I can't remember if that was before or not. Anyway, I don't really know JFIT that well. I remember Alex from seminary, Alex Bryan from seminary, but I didn't, I mean, I remember playing basketball with him and thinking, man, this guy's super intense. Um, I don't remember a great <laughs> deal more about him than that. Um, and so, so really we decided, hey, let's, let's go meet in Denver. And, um, but we did that before the GC. And then the GC happened, and I can tell you, I remember... I remember on Saturday of the GC after our president had been voted in and him mm -hmm. giving his Saturday morning sermon. Um, and, and we will be honest here. I sat okay. listening to it and wept because it was not an Adventism that I understood. It was not an Adventism I know, knew. There was no hope. There was no joy. There was certainly no peace being expressed. It was, it was a litany of Adventist tropes and Ellen White quotes, that did not lead me to Christ. Maybe it led others. It did not lead me to Christ. It led me towards a deeper partisanship, even amongst mm -hmm. my Christian brothers and sisters. Um, I, I was, I was, I did. I sat in my, I sat in my office because I had to go preach, and I wept for mm -hmm. what our church was becoming, and the attitude that was being expressed, and I, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. And I remember I actually went up, I went up to relive because I was preaching. And the first words that came out of my mouth that day were in 1888, they weren't worried about this, or in 1844, you know, Wednesday night or Thursday night, sorry. <laughs> hmm. They weren't worried about, they weren't worried about the Sabbath. They weren't worried about vegetarianism. They weren't worried about their institutions. The only thing they could think of is that they were going to see Jesus that night. Yeah. And um, yeah. And and in a, and three weeks later, I had to convince my wife that I was going to go meet uh, a bunch of guys in the middle of the country for no apparent reason than to have a conversation <laughs> <laughs> at our own expense, right? At our own expense. Which my wife was like, "What? What do you mean you're just flying there for a few days to just meet with these guys?" some of whom you don't even know that well. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like I have to be there. I feel like it's deeply important for me to be in this conversation. And um, and that's where it, it began. Tim, you, listen, you've been more explicit than I, than I was, but since you, since you opened up that floodgate, let me, let me walk right to it. Okay. Um, I was in that dome the day of that sermon. Mm. And I remember thinking, and unlike you, I actually came from a world... I did not have the privilege of growing up in a theologian's home. I did not have the privilege of growing up in a in that kind of milieu where you, you the the uh, you, there's not you can have a discussion about ideas without being threatened. Uh, that mm -hmm. you know your faith is strong enough to handle any questions. You know God is big, bigger than any of our 
our, our theologies or our systems of trying to understand God. Um, I did not. I grew up in a very, a very. Uh, it's it's. Uh, I would I would describe it as a faithful, um, generously orthodox home. Yeah. Um, and my upbringing took me through um, a whole lot of you know, mission missionary world is is already a bit more right of center. Mm-hmm. Theologically, uh, the practice, you know, uh, uh, orthopraxy, like, like as, as you talk about often. Yeah. Um, and I, w- I went to schools that were um, more conservative on the Adventist spectrum. Um, it, but I always knew there's there's got to be a, there's a different story here, a different narrative that I may not be exposed to. But something in my heart tells me ah, this is not all of it. Right. This is not this is not the complete picture. Right. So so for me, the, the way the spirit has been really gracious to me is by allowing me to be exposed slowly and probably at appropriate times to more. So it didn't overwhelm me. Hmm. Um, so as I grew in my faith and what I hope is my maturity in Jesus, um, I came to the place where that sermon that I heard in in that dome was such a shock. Like hmm. it was like a no 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 I know that world yeah and that world first of all um, no longer works mm-hmm. that way of expressing faith is not just um, archaic but it's actually damaging to people's lives and faith mm-hmm. journey um, and I saw it as a kind of like a culmination of a process of retrenching and radicalizing our denomination that had been going on for years. Yeah. It's been a decade of that build up towards that. Right. And I actually felt like, I mean, I, my sense of disappointment was also coupled with a, what happens now? Mm-hmm. Like where, where, like what? This is, and look, everyone thinks they're, they're a centrist moderate. Like I, I'm the perfect <laughs> middle, right? <laughs> Um, but, but I really had a sense, where do people like, where do people like us go? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a classical, there's a classical liberal people who are, I mean, they're doing, they're doing work in theology that I respect and is whatever. Um, but that's, I'm not in that, I'm not in that camp. Right. I actually believe in Jesus. Yeah. I believe in the claims of Jesus. I believe the words of Jesus. I believe in the man, the person, the death, resurrection, the coming. I, I'm a, I'm Adventist, right? Um, but everything I just heard from this microphone, um, you know, the, the the tagline was "Go forward," and it felt like we were going <laughs> definitely <laughs> not going forward, like we were most definitely digging a very deep trench, and we were going to go backwards or we we're going to stop any kind of progress in any direction. Do you remember when he said, hold your pastors accountable in the sermon where he, in my opinion, let the dogs out on, on reasonable, rational pastors who have given their lives to this denomination. He let out those that had been radicalized against us because he had, he had moved what was mainstream he took what what I've always considered to be the radical right of our denomination. Also, those that had fallen off the cliff of Christianity and moved into cultic Adventism, and he had normalized them. Yeah, and I don't know whether yeah. that's where he is or not. But that rhetoric 
normalized that kind of and that kind of oversight of their pastors. I mean, and we, I mean, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time talking about what that really did. That freedom to to allow those people to speak into into the the trained ministerial professionals that have yeah. have literally given their lives, their education, their families, everything to this denomination, and basically undermined his own workforce. I was I was I was shocked that yeah. someone would do that. Yeah. Um, well, not only, I mean, I, since you bring that up, I actually remember specifically thinking the very authors you're, you're naming right now that we should avoid are the ones that have actually led me to Jesus. Yep. And what you're giving me right now is two choices. Um, either be more Christian, Mm-hmm. More Jesus, like more, more wanting more of his character, of his, of his way to learn more from him or choose your way, which is aw- away from everything I've been reading and learning um, right. from sources that you've just deemed um, not just not just unsafe, but you've deemed them anti-gospel. Right. Um, yeah. He told us not that, to read, not to read books that weren't written by Avenus. And, and I had just read a book that was, I mean, it was absolutely transformational in my life from one of our, you know, one of our professors that we, you and I had in our doctoral program <laughs> that, that was, it was, uh, it, it was pivotal yeah. in our way of thinking, in the, in the way of our way of preaching and our way of uh, thinking about our calling to, to uh, preach more Jesus. So um, that, that was a, what a, what a moment, huh. Tim. Yeah, I, pivotal... I, I haven't really gone back there in my head. Yeah. I, I remember I remember the feed actually cut off. If you remember, well, you were in the room. I so the at, room, as yeah. we were watching the feed cut off about, I think, 10 minutes before the end of his sermon. And and I, I had just been sitting there weeping. And, um, and I was like, oh, you know, they're texting me like, you need to get up here. We're about to start worship. And so I'm like, uh, okay, I go up and, and the band begins to play. And I just, like my wife looked at me and said, are, are you going to be okay? Because tears mm. were just rolling down my face. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I belong here anymore. I don't know if this is not the church I grew up in. This is not the rhetoric that I think has anything to do with the gospel. There's no, there's no hope in this. There's mm. no hope. And we had been... You know, the last five years leading up to that, at least five years, if not more, certainly, had been an incredible battle with, you know, with a youth movement that I think had been deeply spiritually abusive to students that I knew, to high school students that I knew. Um, People had been on my campus that were just absolutely bold-faced lying in order to get access to kids and move them to their way of thinking and their theology. And I mean, I can give you instance after instance of, of the, it almost felt like agents of certain organizations mm-hmm. that were coming in and were spiritually abusing 14 and 15 year old kids, um, and, and destroying, destroying their hope in Jesus and making mm-hmm. them radically perfectionistic in their theology. And, um, and deeply unhappy people who were attacking their, I mean, attacking other 15 year olds for the way that they believed. Like I'd never seen anything like it in my life. It felt like a concerted effort Hmm. to, 
to certainly undermine the ministry that I had been doing at the the high school I was working at at the time. Um, yeah. And I would I would sit in rooms and watch them lie, 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 lie in order to get access. And I'd be like, well, that's not true. You didn't actually go to that school. Didn't you go here? Well, I mean, mm. I, I had done this. Well, don't, don't you like, I, I, so, so I was, I was blown away because that's not, to me, to me, transparency has always been important in the life of yeah. believers, because if yeah. we are, if we have so much to hide that we have to lie about who we are in order to get where we're going, there's something, and you know, there's something antichrist about that. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know how you know how I experienced the just, just to, you know, to, to, to re, re, so we're talking about we're saying that a movement lot. that movement. I know this is gonna be <laughs> that's gonna we're gonna this is cathartic. Wow, yeah, um, seriously. Um, that here's the way I experienced that movement on my campus at that time when you were doing a ministry in Melinda Academy. I was at last year university, and that movement was also present on my campus. And here's right. what I saw. I saw in in that short time uh, of having experienced them trying to agitate in on our campuses, I saw the complete cycle, the cycle mm -hmm. of of a young person being radicalized mm -hmm. and being and buying into the notion that a last generation on planet Earth mm -hmm. yep. will achieve perfection before the coming of Jesus, mm -hmm. and that this is the goal. Um, right. And they and they drank that Kool Aid, and I saw the cycle of them them trying trying to be perfect, trying mm -hmm. to be ready, trying to convert other people to this, and then the the dramatic dead end hitting a wall mm. and having their faith completely fall apart. Right. I, that that line of people would form at my office door, trying to come in and trying to sort through what in the world happened to me. Um, I saw that enough to know. This movement is damaging people. Now, I'm going to say that you may disagree with me on this. Great intentions. Sure. I mean, it, be it began with people who really, they they had, they they wanted, hey, same goal that I had in mind. Same goal that, same thing that I've devoted my life to. But man, this, the the method they they bought into and the message that they that they espoused was was actually damaging people. Right. Um, and I just want to take a, like a little pause and aside here mm -hmm. to say this pastoral word to you, dear listener. If you were part of that or have been part of that and in any way, you have felt you have felt in some way like you've hit a wall. Um, you cannot you cannot be perfect. Right. Jesus never asked you to be perfect. Right. We have we have done done violence. We have wrenched Jesus words violently out of context mm -hmm. and some of you have been uh to have been given a gospel that is actually not good news and you've lived under abuse and if yeah. you have today this is the day you can be freed from that yeah. and if you were part from if you were part of that of that movement hit a wall and left and have not engaged with with faith church or jesus because of what you went through i apologize to yeah. you on behalf of what I imagine were well-meaning people who who led you astray and and I pray you'll give Jesus another chance yeah no thank you for that um <clears throat> yeah so that was the milieu in which we all bought tickets to fly to Denver mm. and go to a uh, go to a 
What was the room number? Room 720. Now, are we, do you want to, maybe this we should is a good, that for podcast too. There's a cliffhanger. Yeah. This is a, this is a natural, a natural break in the, I have no idea how long we've been talking. How long have we been going? It's been about 35 minutes. It's That's good. Right. It's a good break. It's a That's good about break. right. That's a heavy one. That's a heavy one. Yeah. I fr- you yeah. know, you, you, I haven't thought about a lot of that in, in years. I haven't thought, I mean, I've thought about a lot of other kind of similar stuff, but I haven't thought about that time and, and what was happening. And man, I, I don't like going back there in my heart. Um, mm. There was a, cause it felt like there was a spiritual battle that was happening on my campus. I'm sure on your campus in our churches that was, um, I was just devastating, hmm. devastating to be there. Mm-hmm. That's not a, that's not a happy thought for me. It was, di- it was very, very difficult. There were difficult years, um, in the lead up to 2010. Right. Um, but Hey, but I want to look, I want to say, um, that even though, even though it was dark days, there was something burning mm-hmm. in us. We could feel it. And the networks of people we were talking to, even though you had never met Jafid, I had been in communication with all, all the people were, that we're going to talk about in the next episode. And, and you knew, why, why is it that enough of us have not gotten together and just organized ourselves better uh, and encourage each other more? That's the, yeah. That was like the, I mean, we were all in the same place uh, for different reasons. Right. Um, so that was but, part of it. Now, I do want to say also before we move on that um, I, I do not, and we've fought this notion for 10 years, I do not want for there to be this, I don't want the, 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 our story to be interpreted as a reaction. This, has been, this was all a reaction against um, right, not the movement, all. the youth movement we're talking about, because it was not. This is not our answer to it. This is not our, um, like our antidote to it. Um, this, what we did next came from, um, our, our deep experience with Jesus that we wanted to share with the world. Yeah. And, and I also think that, that, you know, making the appointment to go to Denver was not a, Hey, we need to get organized. Um, if what you had said might have been interpreted that way, it was a, what we need to, we just need to talk about what's happening and how we're feeling. I mean, I, to me, it was a, it was a part of a journey that I was on that I realized, hey, other people are on the same journey trying to sort out, um, you know, trying to sort out what in the world we're feeling and what in the world is happening and what's what's going on with our church. And what I, I think there was certainly a thought of what role do we have to play? Because because we were all in our mid to later 30s, right? 10 years I ago. Was, I had already crossed. You'd crossed the border? Because, you know, as you like to say... Often and insultingly, I'm way older. It just means that you get there before the rest of us do. I had, ju- I had just crossed. Yeah. So, so yeah, we were beginning to get to the point in our careers where we sort of had voices that we hadn't had before. And, and we were wondering what God was calling us to do with those voices in that particular time. So, so yeah, I would agree with you, Sam. It was never a, well, that's what they're doing. This is what we need to do. That that honestly didn't come to the conversation at all. Not at all. Not at all. And I remember when someone said, oh, this is the antidote to that. And I was like, what are you talking about? I had never, 
like I had never processed that in my head when that first criticism came yeah. like, oh, this is what you guys are doing in response. And I was like, oh no, that yeah. like I don't function in response to things like that. That was fascinating. That was really interesting. Which to me said said one thing. It said this, man. It said to me it, that always said this is coming from the right place. Yeah. And it is a good place. Yeah. It's not a it's not a we didn't organize in order to combat or to do away with or to answer something. It was a we we did what came next out of our deep love for and experience in the spirit uh, that right. ha that happened to us. Right. How was right. it? And yeah. I don't know that I don't know that everyone's believed that over the years, but but we can I can say that unequivocally. Oh. I know you can too. Most definitely. Even people who have been really supportive have been like, yeah, suck it to them. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad you did like, this no. for that. It's like, no, that's definitely not the spirit. Right. <laughs> not the spirit. And, and, and I don't think any of us have ever wanted to be defined as what we're against. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even though that, that certainly comes into play. So, yeah, that's a good place to stop. Sam, uh, thanks for hanging out. Always appreciate I'm I'm excited about the journey. I this You're absolutely right. This may be a whole season. Because this is going to take a while to unpack. I hope people are as interested as we are. Probably, I wonder if they're more interested than in the band. No, the band was the pinnacle of our podcasting series. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I feel like if you announce that right now, then people are like, well, then I'm not going to listen to anything else. I hope as, I hope we are still ascending. Uh, let's stop talking about this. Yes, um, that, better. All right. Hey, you guys, thanks for hanging out. We're going to see you again soon as we continue this journey talking about the one project. We're going to have a lot of guests on over the next few weeks and that sort of thing. But thanks for thanks for joining with us. We always love to hear your responses. So you can always email podcast at crosswalkvillage.com. We still have that. Um, or you can always, you know, hit us up individually because you know who we are. Thank you guys for being with us. We'll see you soon, dear listener. Our podcast and its theme music is produced by Michael Lenore, and our content manager is Teresa Rojas. Tim is the lead pastor of Crosswalk Church in Redlands, California, and Sam oversees spiritual care for Adventist Health. Thank you for joining them for today's conversation. For more information on what they have going on or to support their ministry financially, visit www.samandtim.com. That is S-A-M, the letter N-T-I-M.com.